All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Backbuilders podcast. Real quick before moving into this one, I got to give you guys some warnings. Uh, first and foremost, I moved my little recording station desk, whatever you want to call it, into the living room. So the audio is going to change because the sound is bouncing off the walls differently. So uh, another thing, I've had audio issues all morning. So if the audio sounds like it's beeping or, uh, you know, too quiet, please let me know because I like to keep, I am very particular, I'm not a perfectionist by any means, but I'm very particular when it comes to my audio quality. So now that it's being disturbed, it took me like hours to finally sit down and record this just because I was fiddling with so much stuff and this will work. Uh, also, since I'm in my living room, I'll have my cat constantly trying to get in front of my screen. So you'll hear me fighting with her for about 20 minutes at a time. All right, nonetheless, this episode is about service life. It's about how to survive it. I don't mean literally how to survive, but I mean the service can be difficult. It can be frustrating. And as I read this essay, you guys will kind of understand what I mean by this and if I even have to explain it at all. But if you're not in the service or maybe you're thinking about joining or you just kind of want to get an idea of what our life is like and you're just curious, then this is going to be a good episode for you also. But keep in mind that this episode is mainly for people who are currently in the service. So I want to start off by reading this essay that I wrote yesterday. Uh, it's called Service Life. Really quick, really easy. And um, then I'll go into my top, my 10 rules for surviving the military. And keep in mind when I say surviving, I don't mean literally. I don't know why, but I had a post. Uh, I, I made that post a couple days ago and I had somebody say, well, we haven't had to survive the military since you know, the uh, invasion of Iraq. I'm like, okay. I, I People take things so literally that now I'm just automatically having to like, give everyone warnings as to what I actually mean. But nonetheless, let's continue. Service life. Service members tend to lose sight as to why they joined. And this is understandable. Many of us orchestrated glorious and fantastical visions for ourselves before enlistment. All the honor and triumph was ours for the taking, and all we had to do was enlist, sign me up, most of us said. With pen to paper, we signed on that dotted line without hesitation. However, we come to realize that service is not what we thought it was. All the best wars and battles have long ago been fought. What have we been left with? Scraps, we concluded. We realized the truth about service life. It's slow, tedious, restrictive, and most of the time quite monotonous. Sure, it has its moments of excitement and thrill, but those moments come and go, only to be told with great exaggeration to our civilian friends back home. Over time, antiquity of wearing the uniform fades and we are just left with another 9 to 5. This is the sad, false epiphany we have all come to at some point. Well, half false. The truth is that life in modern armies has always been this way. Nothing you are currently experiencing within the service is really that new. From the armies of Julius to Napoleon and Patton, all of the members of those armies thought, at least at one point or another, the same as you. So if nothing else, just understand that you aren't unlucky. And everyone else out there isn't having a grand old time, chances are they aren't either. However, there are certain measures you can take to make your enlistment a little better. Number one, understand that you are always in control of your attitude and perspective. Number two, play the political game. Number three, seek progress and advancement. Number four, don't take everything so personally. Number five, know that your current situation, no matter what that is, is 
still temporary. Number six, six, seek hobbies and activities outside of the service. Number seven, connect to nature no matter where you are, especially in the field. Number eight, focus on making those around you better. Number nine, set the good example. Number 10, surround yourself with good, motivated, and driven soldiers. Lastly, understand that you will look back on everything you are currently experiencing and miss it. And never, ever get too comfortable. End essay. All right. So I feel like the first part goes without being said. I, I want to kind of hit on my 10 rules. That's the whole the whole meat and potatoes of this episode is the 10 rules. And there's more. And honestly, I wrote that in about five minutes off the top of my head. And, you know, as we dive through these, we'll kind of be able to dissect what each rule means, at least to a certain extent. So rule number one, understand that you were always in control of your attitude and perspective. So what I mean by this is that ultimately it's stoicism. Okay, this can kind of go into line with rule number four, don't ever, don't take everything so personally. Because the army or the military, let's just say whatever branch you're in, it can get really, really shitty. We know that field life, you can be in the field for, oh, I know some units are in the field for 24 hours at a time, but if you're anything like my unit, weeks at a time. If you've been to JROTC, if you've been to NTC, if you've been to any, any of those uh, extraneous field training exercises that last more than 30 days, most of the time, depending on your MOS or unit, you're going to be in the field for a very, very long time. And when I say field, I don't necessarily mean you're going to be in cots. You know, I mean, last time I was at Fort Polk, I was sleeping on the floor, cowboy camping in a sleeping bag and a pillow. And then the second time that I did it, out of the three times that I've been to it, I was sleeping in a trailer and I was sleeping on luggage. But you you should find peace in yourself. You should be your own mental point of origin, which means that no matter how bad things get, you can always rely on your own mind to give you that sense of uh, sense of peace, that stillness. And when everybody is freaking out around you, everyone's breaking down in the chaos, you know, through the practice of the Stoic philosophies, that you can take a deep breath, slow things down, look around you, and gain perspective on certain things. You can weigh the pros and cons. You could say, well, I'm in the field and this really sucks, but you know what? At least I, it's not raining. Or at least I'm surrounded with good friends. Or at least... We're only here for 30 days instead of a nine month long deployment. It could be a lot worse. These are little mental games that you kind of have to play with yourself in order to, you're not tricking yourself to feel better. You are honestly looking at things from a better point of view. It's a choice at the end of the day, no matter where it is, no matter what you're doing, it's a choice. And I, that's my, my whole podcast is based around stoic philosophy and rule, rule number one, really. That's why I said that this episode can apply to everybody, not just service members. But to reiterate, understand that you are always in control of your attitude and your perspective. Number two, play the political game. Now, what I mean by that is not to get into like White House type politics. Just understand that the service life is ran by systems and systems are ran by people. And what that means is that you can gain a positive influence over individuals in certain places that can help you get to other places, okay? So having a good reputation, being a good soldier, 
um, helping people out, assisting people in certain places, learning other jobs is, you know, to a certain extent, quite political. So what I mean by that is, let's say I have a friend that is in the S1 shop, okay? That means he does a lot, all of our paperwork, her leave, his my leave paperwork, all that stuff like that. Maybe even S1 does promotion papers, I can't remember. But I have a friend in there who I've been treating well for multiple years now. Maybe, you know, I set up the S1 shop with certain, maybe I give them donuts or coffees, or maybe I'm just nice to them, okay? You're not kissing their ass, you're not sucking up to them, but you're just a decent person to them, okay? Because everyone just wants to get treated nice. You bring value to their lives, whether it's with your presence, whether it's with your smile, whether it's with your assistance or knowledge, whatever, okay? You treat them well. Well, guess what? Since you've been treating them well, since you've been a good person to them, when it comes time for them to scratch your back, it'll happen. You would be surprised at how far you can get in the army just by reaching out your hands into certain places and certain shops in order to make your life a little bit easier and to make their life a little bit easier. Also, understand that humans are political. They want to feel good. They want to do good. And for the most part, they want to be good. So, I mean... Establishing certain relationships with certain people in either high or low places, it doesn't matter because everyone shifts around. Just understanding that other people around you affect your career is going to get you one step ahead of the game. Okay, so I'm not saying I'm not saying treat everyone nicely and kindly just for the sake of treating everyone nicely and kindly and hoping to get a foothold in something later. Don't do that. You know, that's at that point you're just sucking dick. You should be treating everyone nicely and kindly because you're a good person and you understand that in the future that that person may or may not, remember, expect nothing, do something for you later. But it's important. All the highest sergeant majors and, you know, first sergeant and stuff like that, they got there because they knew somebody in a certain place, they established a good reputation, and they have a positive influence over their unit, no matter what echelon that is, whether it's company level, battalion, brigade, they've played the game. And it is a game. Number three, seek progress and advancement. You have to remember that humans are goal oriented. We need to see certain objectives and we need to understand that right now we are at point A and we need to get to point C. And in order to get to point B, certain things need to happen. Okay, so in the military, it takes a while to get promoted, right? So I've been in E5 for about a year now. I'm looking at making six and maybe another year. That's two years. That's pretty quick. But Sometimes you will sit in certain positions for years upon years at a time. I sat in a specialist position for over five years, E4, right? But you need to be seeking progress and advancement. So seeking rank, uh, progressing through the ranking system, don't get too comfortable in one spot and seeking advancement, which means maybe different positions, uh, learning different jobs, expanding your knowledge outside of your job, uh, putting your fingers into other jobs. Like what I mean by that is basically in the context of progress, uh, progress. It doesn't necessarily mean just rank. It could also mean schooling and schooling goes in line with advancement because schooling helps you advance. So, you know, let's say you've been really comfortable in one spot in one position for a really long time, which, you know, I, at the end I said, never, ever get too comfortable. What I mean by that is let's say you've been in the S2 shop, the Intel shop for three years now, you are a E5 and you're relatively fit. And you've always been thinking about wanting to put in that Ranger packet or that SFAS packet or whatever it is. That is a certain level of, or that drill packet that is seeking progress and advancement. 
You need to be looking at going to schools and uh, air assault schools and drill schools and, you know, ranger packets, sapper packets, all that stuff like that. You should be constantly working towards your next goal, no matter how big or small it is. It doesn't need to be something, you know, grand or it doesn't need to be something so glorious like getting a tab or a drill badge or whatever it is. It could be small little things like doing a little bit better on your PT test. You know, that's progress, is it not? Um, but you have to remember that progress, not only in the service life, but also in life in general, never ends. Progress wouldn't really be so satisfying if it had an endpoint, right? Progress never ends. From this day to your last, you will always constantly be pro progressing. So no matter what, always seek progress and advancement. I don't need to hit on that too much because I feel like it goes without being said. But just keep that in mind. Progress, progress, progress. And don't rush it. You want to sit in certain positions for X amount of time because you want to gain knowledge. I noticed that there's a lot of NCOs out there that all they focus on is getting rank, getting rank because they want that power, right? And what happens is that it is they get to these new positions, whether it's first sergeant, sergeant major, you know, even an E7 slot, and they have no idea what they're doing because they advance too quickly. They were too good at playing the political game and they didn't give themselves any time to sit. So you have to find a fine balance between okay, I need to learn this new job or I need to learn this new position. I need to sit here for a while. And then also I need to get out of this position and get to a new spot so that I can advance my knowledge, right? I can progress further. All right, number four, don't take everything so personally. I'm not gonna hit on this too much because it's kind of in line with rule number one, but in the service, it's really easy to take everything really personally. You wake up at 4.30 in the morning to go to PT, you're taking it personally. You get called in during your lunchtime, you're taking it personally. Somebody slights you or something, somebody says something to you, you're taking it personally, okay? Goes without being said, don't take everything to so personally. I think it was Marcus Aurelius that said, uh, I'm going to butcher this quote, but he said, you don't need to take this personally. This doesn't have to be a thing. And that's true. Number five, know that your current situation, no matter what it is, is temporary. So this mostly goes in line with positions or uh, in my head, I was thinking duty stations. So it, and more particularly Fort Irwin. So I looked at Fort Irwin and I looked at all those poor sons of a bitches there walking around with their heads down and low. And don't get me wrong, I feel bad for them for you know to a certain extent. I'm not gonna sit there and give them a pity party, but I understand that Fort Irwin sucks. There is very little to do there. However, they're not there forever. Sure, they're there for a couple years, two to three years, which I mean, while you're there, seems like an eternity, but there, there can be things that you can be doing in order to make your time at Fort Irwin or no matter where you are, Fort Polk or any other awful base that's out there to make it a little bit better. You can set goals for yourself for prog progress and advancement. Like I, while I'm here at Fort Irwin, um, in my short time here of two to three years, I'm going to make E7. I am going to get absolutely jacked because I have an abundance amount of time and there's not a lot of leisurely activities to do at Fort Irwin. So I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to optimize nutrition. I'm going to read more. I'm going to get outside in the sun. I'm going to get tan. I'm going to, I don't know, drive to LA on the weekends and go to the beaches, even though it's a few, like there's so much things that you can do. But ultimately at the end of the day, you have to realize that your situation, if nothing else is temporary and you're not going to be there forever. But what you can do is make the absolute best out of whatever situation you're in and you can't it sucks and it's hard but you can uh for example uh, just another quick example i was thinking about one of the most difficult times that i had in my military career and it wasn't the drill sergeant academy it was when i was on quarantine and isolation and i was in uh 
you know, I did that iso I did that quarantine with my trainees for 14 days, and then I did another 14 days of isolation by myself where I was locked in that room and it sucked, but, and I was a little bit sick from COVID, but I told myself, well, I have to make this the absolute best that I can. So what did I do? I, I, I read books and I wrote the entire time that I was there. It did it suck. Hell yeah. It sucked. Did I want to get out of there? Hell yeah. I want to get out of there, but I made it the best that I possibly could. It's just a little morale boost that you can give yourself. Uh, number seven. I kind of like this one. I wrote this on the fly. Phyllis, get down. Hold on guys. You so fat. Okay. Number seven. That's my cat, by the way. So why I don't think I like recording in the living room, but it's all right. Number seven, connect with nature, no matter where are you, where you are, especially in the field. Okay. So this is something that we tend to forget as service members a lot is that nature is our world. We're not just visiting nature. We don't just go visit nature. We are nature. We live in nature. And when you connect to nature, when you take a moment to kind of breathe in that air, that fresh air, no matter where you are, no matter where you are outside, if it's the motor pool, if it's Fort Polk, you know, out in the field or out in the field in general, you can always take a moment to kind of just walk off on your own, assuming that you guys don't have a battle buddy system and look at the, look at the sky, look at the clouds, look at the trees. You can find your mental point of origin within the roots, within the grass, and you can always just connect, even if it's for only a few minutes. But understand that in connecting to nature, when you're caught up in this incredibly industrialized world of machines and systems and computers and signals, that it's still important, even when you're out there, to connect to nature. All right? Number one, number nine, set the good example. This doesn't just apply. Whenever I say this, a lot of people think that this means setting the good example uh, because you're a leader, because you're an NCO or an officer. No, this applies to every single rank E one to E9 and all the officer ranks, it applies to literally everybody. You'd be absolutely surprised at the difference you could make by setting an example as an E1. So let's say you're physically fit. You carry yourself properly. You have presence. You're a steward of your profession. You are a professional. You know what you're doing. Those around you, they will try to, and they will mimic your behaviors, no matter what rank you are, because they see you doing good and they want to be like that. I guarantee you, if there is an E1 out there that was on fire and he knew what he was doing, he had presence, he had good posture, he took care of his uniform, you know, it was ironed, it was maybe a little bit starched, even though technically we're not supposed to do that, he looked good, those around him will either A, notice, or they will start to be, whether consciously or subconsciously, more like that E1. And you have to remember that E1s or E5s don't want to get showed up by e E1s in their unit. They want to look better. They want to set the example. But the point is, is that your behaviors have a ripple effect across your unit. So what you do as an E1, I'm using E1 because it's the lowest common denominator, you know, theoretically in the army, you have an ability to reach more than you know by setting the example with your behaviors. And that doesn't just include your behaviors and your presence. This includes what you say, how you handle certain situations and how you conduct yourself in the public and in private, right? Because private gym, eating well and stuff like that, it all affects everything around you. So if you're a fat piece of lard, right? And you're constantly whining and bitching about everything. You're constantly bringing down everyone's morale. Yeah, yeah this is sucks. This sucks, blah, blah, blah. What do you think that's going to do to everyone around you? Do, you? do you think that's going to make them feel better? Are, are they going to tell you to stop complaining? Maybe, maybe not. But at the end of the day, you're just not helping anything. And I'm not saying be all giddy and, 
You know, I, I, I'm saying there is a time and a place to complain. I, I believe that complaining is part of banter and banter is a part of morale. You know, it's fun. Service members since the dawn of time have been doing this. But at a certain point, you have to realize that setting the example, if it's a bad one, is not doing you or your unit any good. Because guess what? If the E1 who has a decent amount of influence with the unit, let's say he's a relatively popular guy and people listen to him even though he's a low rank, that E5 hears him complaining and, you know, and the E5 is like, you know what? You're right. This freaking sucks. And then he goes up to first sergeant uh, at their, you know, end of day briefing and he, the E5 complains about this or that. And then all of a sudden the first sergeant, brief, like you have no idea the amount of influence that you have, whether big or small, no matter what rank you are. It's a ripple effect. What you do echoes throughout your unit because we are in a web of social interaction activity and what you do matters. So set a good example and set the standard and maintain the standard. Last rule, number 10, surround yourself with good, motivated and driven soldiers. In the army and any social activity, really, there are little clicks that you can get involved in you know, little groups of three to four to five people. We all know that every time you guys go to the motor pool or every time you go to the field, you hang out with three or four people, really get a good look at who those people are that you're hanging around with. Are they good soldiers or are you hanging out with the shit bags? Because I mean, like it or not, if you're hanging around four shit bags, chances are you're the fifth. Like, uh, I forgot what his name is, but he says, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Okay. So if you're hanging around shitty, unmotivated, fat, soldiers, then you're probably going to be like them to a certain extent. Um, so and also if you're hanging, I'm not saying like hang around the kiss asses, but just analyze who you're hanging around with, you know, during the duty day, who you're spending time with and think, Hmm, well, there's these guys here who sit here and they don't do anything. And then there's those guys over there who actually are doing something and they're actually trying and they're trying to make the best out of the day because they do exist. They do exist. And if they don't exist, be one of those people and make that culture within your unit actually a thing. Okay. Because you can't, you can't, you have the power to do that. If you are willing, this is how the army changes. The army doesn't change from the command, the Sergeant majors of the army down. I mean, everybody likes to think it does, but no, it, it comes from the lowest levels up because guess what? Those low soldiers, those, those E1s, E2s, E3s that seemingly have no influence, those, especially those specialists and those E5s, they have a culture to develop within the army. They develop that culture. There's, first of all, there's the most of them. Second of all, they're doing the most work and they're out in the field. They're getting their boots dirty. So you can make a change at the lowest level. Change comes from the lowest level. It comes from the squad rather than the brigade or the battalion or the division. Okay. But anyways, rule number 10 to summarize, look at the people who you're hanging around with and ask yourself, are these the people that I want to spend time with? Are these people helping me? And one last thing, you have to remember the concept of impression. So let's say you are the best soldier in the entire world, you score a higher PT test. You got a 39 on the marksmanship. You know, you know your shit. But if you're hanging around shit bags, you're going to be kind of uh, the impression that you're going to give is that you're just another one of those shit bags. So let's say your sergeant major walks by you in the motor pool and you guys are all messing around in the motor pool. And I'm not saying there's not a time and a place to mess around. I know. I understand. Well, let's say sergeant major walks by and he sees you effing off. Well, guess what? Do you think that he's going to think, oh, that's, uh, you know, PFC Smith and uh, 
you know, he seems to be messing around here, but he's usually, no, it's just, that's not how that works. You know, humans are very quick, very intuitive creatures, and we make judgments and assumptions very quickly. So don't let that too get too out of control. And then I'll end this episode with a couple of things. Lastly, understand that you will look back on everything that you're currently experiencing and you will miss it. Okay, so no matter how shitty it is, let's say you ETS tomorrow in three years, your brain is going to chop out most of the bad shit that you went through and it's going to keep the good memories or vice versa or whatever. But you're going to miss it. You're going to miss the camaraderie. You're going to miss the brotherhood. You're going to miss jumping out of helicopters, even though it's only once a year or you only did it once. And, you know, you're, 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 there's aspects of the service that you're going to miss. And you're going to be very proud of those seemingly now meaningless badges and medals and awards that you earn. But in the future, you're going to look back on it. You're going to realize, hey, I did something pretty cool. I did something that, you know, only a few people in the United States have actually done, which is join the service is less than 1% of Americans. And I'm going to be proud of that. So at the end of the day, you have to remember that you are upholding a certain aspect of tradition of rituals, of rites, and you've done something that is worth noting. It's going to look really good on your resume. It's going to sit really well on your psyche, at least to a certain extent, right? I mean, it's not all sunshine and rainbows, but you will change. From the day that you joined the service to the day that you left it, you will look back on yourself and you will realize, hopefully for the better, at least in one aspect or another, that you changed and that you are a different person. But the army the Marines, the Air Force, no matter what branch you're in, it is what you make it and life is what you make it. So take certain aspects and rules of what I told you here today. Try to apply them to your own life. Maybe write down things that you can do a little bit better. Don't get too bummed out. Don't get too sad about your situation. Understand that it's all temporary and things will get better. But right now, in this very moment, right now, right now, Saturday at 10 a.m. in Southern California, there are certain things that you can be doing to make your enlistment a little bit better. And it starts with attitude and perspective. All right. So I'm going to end this episode by saying, don't forget to join my Patreon. You can subscribe for as little as $1 a month. It takes three minutes to sign up. If you guys have any questions, concerns, bitches, gripes, complaints, go ahead and shoot me a message, but that's it. Summarizes this episode. I hope it helps.